today. Thank you that we can hear your word here as we conclude this book, wonderful book. Uh, Philippian teaches, Lord, Father, from this book here to Pastor Jonathan. Father, anoint his lip. Father, speak forth your word clearly and ourselves also our hearts will be open to receive your word. We commit all to you this time, Lord. Keep us awake, keep us alert and let our spirit be truly attentive to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good afternoon. Okay, I'm so glad that I'm back here to share God's Word with you. Um, As I receive this uh, topic, I'm I'm thinking, you know, uh, learning to be contented. uh, And some of us, I think we struggle with contentment. And I think that even today as we look at God's Word, God is going to bring forth something to encourage us, to challenge us. Uh, there's this story told about, it's a fake story, okay? It's just a story because uh, you listen to it, you will know that it's fake, <laughs> okay? There's this story told about a woman. Uh, she had a very fulfilling, very good life. Uh, she's very successful and always have wa- uh, what she wanted. Uh, one day, this uh, woman had a heart attack and was taken to the hospital. While on the operating theater, the table, uh, she had this uh, near-death experience. She saw God and asked, God, is this it? There's so many things that I wanted to do and there's so many things that I wanted. I wanted to buy, I wanted to have, I wanted to change. Is, is this it, God? Then God said, okay, I will give you another 20 years to live. Then upon recovery, uh, since she's in the hospital, she thought of this. I decided I think I, I should stay and have some collagen shorts, uh, my cheek implants, uh, maybe I have a facelift. She did it, a uh, liposuction, and then and ch- try to change her body uh, to become better. She even dyed her hair. And, and after all, right, uh, after the whole procedure, uh, she's better looking, nicer looking. I mean, everything is changed. Then she left the hospital. While on the way out of the hospital, she was killed by an ambulance walking down the lobby. Then again, she arrived before the presence of God, in front of God, and said, God, I, I thought you said that I still have 20 years to live. Then God replied and said, Oh, I thought, uh, woman, is, is, it, is it you? I, I didn't really recognize you. I mean, what's the moral of the story? I think be contented with how we look. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look handsome, you look pretty. Understand that we are starting the book of uh, Philippians. Interesting book. Uh, today, I mean, I'm given this uh, privilege to conclude uh, with this topic, learning to be contented. I, I tweeted a bit. Uh, if you look at the screen, uh, it say learning to be contented as kingdom citizen. Because I'm going to scope this uh, letter, this conclusion in, in, a, in a scope of kingdom advancement. Later on, I will elaborate more. And then I'm, I'm going to challenge us, encourage all of us, how that in this uh, context of kingdom advancement, that we need to be content uh, within ourselves. We have this mindset of contentment and how we can advance God's kingdom in that sense. Usually when we study this letter of Philippians, uh, some of the themes uh, that we thought of will be or joy. Maybe Paul is talking about joy. Yes, it's, it's correct. There's a theme of joy in, in, in the letter of Philippians. Maybe some of us, when we study the letter of Philippians, we will think maybe it's about suffering. It's about empowerment. All this uh, is uh, technically called Correct, but today I want to scope it a little bit different uh, in this uh, context of kingdom living, kingdom perspective, kingdom advancement, and then challenge us uh, accordingly. I pray that we will have a good time and God is going to really speak to us and encourage us. Uh, The outline of my uh, message is in this four point, uh, the theme of the kingdom. The, The next slide, please the theme of the kingdom, then what is contentment, why contentment, how, how does contentment lead us to advance God's kingdom, 
And then uh, finally, the conclusion, how can we be contented? How can we learn contentment? Okay, first of all, the first point, the theme of the kingdom. Now, uh, I want to present to all of us that in the letter of Philippians, there's this theme of kingdom living. Paul in this letter is addressing a kingdom people living within the context of another kingdom. He's talking about, hey guys, you are the kingdom of, you, you are kingdom citizen of God living within the context of the Roman kingdom. That's what Paul is trying to say in, in, the, in the letter of Philippians uh, in the overarching theme. Paul is challenging the Philippi believers to live as true kingdom citizens of God, displaying and demonstrating the characteristic of kingdom citizens, how they can advance the gospel of the kingdom. Let me just explain and elaborate a little bit on this theme. Uh, it has to do with what Paul uses in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. The word that he used, uh, it should be in the next slide. Um, can I have the next slide? Okay, this is the word that he used. Now, I just want to elaborate a little bit and then explain to us that it's about the kingdom that Paul is writing here. He says this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Only conduct yourself. Conduct yourself. Uh, when he wrote this in Greek, he used this uh, word, this verb actually, polytheustes. In this, this is a Greek verb that talks about... Uh, talks about a kingdom living. I'll explain a little bit here. Let me read for you. Only conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Here he uses political verb, metaphor, that the Philippians are familiar with challenging them to live as kingdom citizens. This, this word is very unusual because normally when Paul wrote to challenge the believers to conduct themselves, he would use this word, uh, parapet, uh, paripatio, which means walk. You know, many of his writing, he will say that, hey, walk in this way that is worthy of the gospel. Walk in this way that will please God. Uh, he uses this word, parapet. But here in Philippians, it's a very unusual word that he used, I think only in Philippians, to talk about this, conduct yourself, polytheistic, a political term to stress that, hey, conduct yourself as kingdom citizen. Because this word, right, is very familiar to the Philippians Christian there, because they are Roman citizen. Uh, just a little bit context for all of us. They are Roman citizen. They know how to conduct themselves as Roman citizen. And during that time, Roman citizenship is, is a very uh, honorable status they can have. And the Philippians believers, most of them, they are Roman citizen. And Paul uses this term to say, hey, you know how to be Roman citizen, how to be a good uh, Roman citizen, right? But can you think it in a way in terms of the kingdom of God? Conduct yourself as kingdom citizen worthy of the gospel. That's what he's trying to say. And later on, if you read uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 to 21, uh, you can just take a note here. Again, he uses this term in verse 20. He says this, for our citizenship, Again, the same uh, verb here. Now he's using it in the, in the now form. I, I didn't want to bother you so much with the Greek thing, but just uh, learn this, okay? That again, this word appeared in terms of conducting yourself as citizens, as God's citizen. He said, for our citizen, our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, in the context, he is trying to contrast it between the citizen of God and the citizen of the world. 
the citizen of the world, they are earthly-minded. They think about negative things. They, they are wicked in that sense. They have worldly values. But here, Paul is saying and contrasting it in the sense that, hey, you guys, Philippians Christian, you are supposed to be citizens of heaven, citizens of God. Conduct yourself in a way that is worthy as citizens of God in that sense. So in this theme of uh, Philippians, I want to suggest to you, I want to propose to you that Paul in writing this letter is really challenging the Philippians Christian, hey, within the context of the Roman kingdom, live as true uh, citizens, as kingdom uh, as, as God's people in that sense. So, as I think about it, I, I sort of reflect uh, and, and say this, you know, within the context of Singapore, the quote-unquote kingdom of Singapore, how do we as Christians, the true citizens of kingdom of God, live? How about you? How about me? It's time for us to really think about it. And in terms of this kingdom principle, in, in, in terms of this kingdom theme, how can we as true kingdom citizens of God advance His kingdom? That's where I want to scope today's uh, topic. How then can we learn to be contented as kingdom citizens? Because this mindset, this attitude is essential for us to advance His kingdom, to bring forth the gospel of God, to really impact lives in that sense. So the second point I want to share with all of us is really this. We know the first point, the theme is really the kingdom of God, kingdom citizen. The second point is this, what is really contentment? I mean, many of us, we face contentment. Talking also about students, we face this contentment issue. And later, I'll explain more how much more also for those working adults. We also face with contentment issue. In English, the word contentment refers to this. I checked the dictionary. It says it's the state of being satisfied or pleased. I don't think we are satisfied people, especially as Singaporeans. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you satisfied? It's also quite common to equate contentment with pleasure and happiness. And, and I'm, not, I'm not sure, you know, some, I think most of the time when we go out to the street, the shopping center, uh, yeah, people are happy, they, 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 they are pleased after their purchase and all this. But as they think deeper, or I've burned a hole in my pocket. I don't think they are happy after all. They, they are not satisfied. You know, contentment in, in English, uh, the dictionary, it, it says it's the state of being satisfied or pleased. But in the original language in the New Testament and in the context of Philippians of which we are studying, uh, I want to say this, contentment means this, the God-given ability to be satisfied with the loving provision of God in any and every situation. Okay, I think it's, it's, it's up there. Let me repeat. The God-given ability to be satisfied with the loving provision of God in any and every situation. Look at another uh, writings of Paul in Second uh, Corinthians verse 12, verse 9. Uh, he says this, and he said to me, God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. What is happening here? Uh, we know the context that Paul is uh, struggling with the thorns uh, in the flesh and asking the Lord to remove it. But after, after everything, uh, uh, the, the Lord didn't really remove it, but instead the Lord said to Paul, my grace is is sufficient for you. Be contented. I would say be contented with what you have. My grace will cause you to be contented even in this terrible situation that you are in. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, of which is 
part of our text today. Uh, Paul says this, verse 11. Let, let me just read for all of us. He says this, Not that I speak from one, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity in any and every circumstances. I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. How did Paul show contentment in that current situation that he is in? He's actually in prison, right? We all know that he's in prison, right, at that time. Uh, a little bit context, uh, background for all of us again, that when he wrote this, I think it's very amazing because during that time uh, in prison, uh, it's not like our Changi prison, okay? It's, it's, it's different because in Changi prison, what happens is this, that the government actually feed the prisoner. I mean, when they are in prison, they, they get to... They get all the necessity, you know, the food and all this. But in the prison during Paul's time, it's very different. The government will not feed them. If you don't have money, you, you don't have resources, you don't have outside help to come in to help you, you basically go hungry, nothing at all. So can you imagine this situation that uh, Paul, before the, the, the love gift, the offering, the, the help, financial help comes to him. He said this, I am contented even when I don't have anything, even when I go hungry. You know, that's, that's how amazing he, he is showing contentment even when he has nothing at all. When there's a physical need, he didn't complain and say, God, why did you put me in this situation. He didn't grumble to God and, hey, God, I'm preaching your gospel. I'm advancing your kingdom. How come I'm in this terrible situation? He didn't. He was contented. He said, I learned to be contented. And probably I, I want to suggest that he's contented with the presence of God. God was with him. And also later on, we realize that also that the believers themselves get an offering, get some financial help and give to Him. And He is contented in that sense also. And because of contentment, it brings forth joy in Him to continue the journey. Now, how about us sometimes in uh, Singapore whereby we struggle with contentment? Do we complain to God? Do we grumble and say, hey, why... Why like this, uh, God? I'm serving you, you know. I'm sacrificing my one and one and a half hours in the Friday cell group. You know, I, 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 I sacrifice not going out to the world, but I come. Why, uh, why, why did I not have this thing that my friend has and all this? I, I mean, we, as Singaporean, I think we complain a lot. Turn to your neighbor and don't say anything. I, I really think so. As Singaporeans, we contend, uh, we, we grumble a lot. You know, when we do not have, we are not contented, uh, we want to have more, we complain, we grumble, we tell God, hey, God, life is really not fair. Uh, but the surprising thing is also this, that when we have something, when we have certain status, when we have possession in our hand, we also complain. Really? We ask, hey, God, why, why don't you give me the next upgrade? Or maybe we, we say it amongst our friends and say, hey, I want to get bigger car. We have already. We, we, we have possession. We have status. But yet in our conversation, we say, hey, when is your next upgrade? Uh? Hey, Chi Meng, when is your next upgrade? Uh? You know? We say, hey, my car, I want to get a more powerful car, you know, that sounds louder, boom, more powerful than his. We are comparing with one another. No, I want a faster laptop. I want the latest phone. I want the next promotion. I want something uh, that my job with a bigger paycheck. 
and it goes never ending. I mean, we crave for the things that we don't need. We buy the things that we don't want. Actually, we buy the things that we don't want, we don't need, just to impress the person that we don't like. I think so, you know. It's really true. I mean, it's really a contentment issue, brothers and sisters. And I want to encourage all of us to really reflect on our life. I mean, look at our priorities and really learn contentment. Allow God's grace and strength to give us the ability to be contented, to be satisfied in any and every situation. Because the state, the mindset of contentment advance the kingdom of God. And that leads to the next point. Why contentment in advancing the kingdom of God? I want to give us some uh, suggestion, uh, some reason why having this mindset of contentment can advance the kingdom of God. And I pray really at the end, you know, I, I can just speak, I can, I can explain to you, I can give you the reason. But really at the end, I am praying that God will really convict our hearts, what we have in our possession, what we do with our possession, convict us to lead a contented life so that His kingdom can advance. But let me just give you some reason why I think contentment, this mindset of contentment can advance the kingdom of God. First uh, reason is this, that when we have contentment, then nothing of resources will stop us from advancing His kingdom. Really. Nothing of resources will stop us from advancing the kingdom of God. Just look at Paul's situation. He said whatever circumstances he is in, even in terrible situation. Uh, you can reference it to Second Corinthians chapter 11. Terrible situation that Paul has gone through. He said, whatever circumstances that I am in, I continue to preach the, cause, the gospel. I continue to, to advance the kingdom of God. I think it's because he is contented. He is contented to say that whether I have this resource or don't have that resources, I will still, all, I, I will still go on uh, advancing God's kingdom, I will still go on preaching the gospel for the glory of God. So the thing is this, that when we have contentment, nothing of resources will actually stop us from doing God's work. Question to ask ourselves is really this, do resources stop us from doing His work? I'm so glad really that uh, the team from uh, going to Philippines uh, to to Nepal to really minister. I believe that uh, really that sometimes there might be some thoughts in us, say, hey, where, where do our resources come? Actually, the use, uh, come, come to think about it, is uh, not to really, I have to say this, uh, actually we, as use, right, um, we, should I say we, we don't really think about so much on resources because why the resources actually comes from here right uh, but some of us we exceptional case but the thing is really this that when we want to do God's work and one of the Singaporean mindset is really this we will begin to calculate and say hey do we have these resources uh, can this work uh, will, will we have this manpower and all this but if we are in this state of contentment we will say, hey, actually nothing of resources will stop us from advancing His kingdom. I will just go and preach, go and advance whether I have or I do not have. That's the situation of Paul. That's why contentment is very important in advancing His kingdom. That's the first reason. Nothing of resource will stop us from advancing His kingdom. Then the second reason I want to suggest to all of us is this. When we have contentment, then the extra blessings from others will stir joy and encouragement in us to advance His kingdom. Uh, look at verse 10. Paul says this, that I rejoice, rejoice. I rejoice in the Lord greatly 
and now at last you have revived your concern for me. I mean, in, in this word, it's talking about joy. I think when the, when the financial support or the financial gift comes to Paul, he wrote this, I rejoice in the Lord that at least your concern for me is revived. He's saying that I am glad that you give these resources and I rejoice. It's, it caused me to have joy in the Lord. And what did the Bible say about joy in Nehemiah? It says this, the joy of the Lord will be my strength, will be your strength, right? Uh, a little bit context, again, as, as a Bible teacher, you know, I always want to scope it in context. During Nehemiah's time, just reference it back to Nehemiah 10, what happens is, is that during the reading, the dedication of, of the war, um, Nehemiah was reading something. And, and the background is this, that the people, some of them rejoice that, hey, everything is rebuilt. But there's another group of people that begin to wail, they cry, they, they become grieved and all this. And Nehemiah said, hey, today is the Lord, today is the day that is holy to the Lord, is dedicated to the Lord. Do not cry, do not mourn, be happy, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to suggest this, that when Nehemiah said that, have joy in the Lord, because after that, your journey is going to be tough, and only joy will give you strength to go on in the tough journey. And really, in the history of Israel during that time, in Nehemiah's time, after that incident in uh, Nehemiah 10, there are tough situations happening in, in the in the. In, in Israel in that sense. And they truly need the joy of the Lord to advance His kingdom at that time. So exactly, I want to say this also, that when we have contentment, you know, when things come to us, it will stir joy and encouragement in us. And that joy will become strength for us to encourage us to go on further for the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, Today, do you have joy? Are you facing some difficulties, uh, roadblocks in your journey with the Lord in advancing His kingdom? I pray that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. But first, come back to this issue of contentment. We need to deal with it. We need to learn from the Bible. We need to learn from Paul and learn how to be content, contented in that sense. Later on, I will just explain more on how can we have and how can we learn contentment. But I want to say this, why contentment in the advancement of God's kingdom is because this extra blessing from others will actually stir us joy and encouragement to go on further for God. The first reason is this, Why contentment is that nothing of resource will stop us. The second reason is this, that extra blessing will cause joy, stir joy in us. And the third reason is this, contentment leads to giving of our resource to others. Turn to your neighbor and smile a bit. <laughs> contentment leads to giving, brothers and sisters giving of our resources to God's kingdom. You see, the Philippians, they are not rich Christians. We know from history, we know from records, some, some, uh, some of the records written in 2 Corinthians, uh, here also in Philippians, the Philippi Christians, they are not well-to-do Christians, only one or two. But most of them, they, 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 are, they are okay they, they are poor category, but yet they collect an offering for Paul to help him in the journey. And what did Paul say uh, in Second Corinthians? Actually, he's talking about the Philippians uh, Christian, okay? Even in, when he's writing Second Corinthians. Let me just read this, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. After uh, he talks about the context, he says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have abundance 
for every good deed. He's challenging the Corinthians using the context of Fians. Uh, just a little bit background for you. But what, what is happening here? He's saying this, that God will be able to give you grace, allow grace to abound in you, so that in all sufficiency, you will have abundance, you will have overflowing to bless someone, to do good works, to advance His kingdom. So, the thing is this, if we are not contented, listen to this, if we are not contented with what we have, even with the overflowing of God's blessing, we will try to produce a bigger bunch to contain the overflowing. Let me just say this, even with the overflowing of God's blessing, we will try to uh, build a bigger bunch. We will try to, as much as we can, to contain all the overflowing because we are not contented and we want to keep it. But with contentment, it will be easy for us to say, hey, this are overflowing. I am already sufficient in what I, I have. God has blessed me in that sense. And the overflowing will be released for every good works. One of the examples is recently uh, this. Uh, the next slide, please. Huh? How many of you watch the match? You are very good. You don't watch. Uh, you don't watch boxing. Uh, I I don't know. So, but this is like, eh, this is like something that everyone is talking about, especially for the uh, helper from uh, Philippines. And uh, everyone wants the many to win, right? How many of you support him? Uh, okay. You see, your pastor support. Him. <laughs> you know, everyone wants the many to win, but 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 he didn't. But, the, but as you read through the articles after what happens, uh, he gave glory to, to God. He's a Christian. He's a real Christian, okay? Uh, just read more about him. It's very interesting how the Lord has led him and, and changed his heart in that sense. And in, in some of the report, uh, what is reported is this, normally his usual practice is this. After a match, he would donate half of whatever he has earned to charity. And, and this match, after this match, he actually donated about $40 million, $40 million to charity, half of his prize money. Uh, I thought it's really amazing. And, and in reading him, you will know that he's actually a very contented man. Actually, he is already a millionaire uh, in, in that sense. Why do he need another 40 millions, right? So he gave it away. But contrast it with the other guy, you know, Mayweather. It's different. You read his report. His mindset is always this. It's all about making money, money, more money, and more money. And when you ask, when reporter asks him about this, he's not shy about it. It's all about making money, money, money. I mean, some, some of us will probably say this, how much really do you need? You are already a million. I mean, is, you have a lot of millions in, in your bank account. How many more millions do you need? How much do you need? And the question for us to really ask is, how much is enough for us? How much is enough for us? If we are not contented with what we have, we will keep on wanting more and more and more and more. And the overflowing will never go out to bless someone. The overflowing will never be used to advance His kingdom. So I want to challenge all of us really as we think about this subject, as we conclude this letter of Philippians. In the context of kingdom, we need to have a mindset of contentment to advance His kingdom. And the question for us is really this, how then can we learn contentment? Which is my final point in conclusion. How do we learn contentment? Paul says this in verse 11, chapter 4, verse 11, Not that I speak from one, for I have learned 
to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I know also how to live in prosperity. And in any circumstances, I've learned the secret of being filled and and growing hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Him who strengthened me. Paul learned by experience how to be content. In verse 11, he says, it's quite interesting that contentment can be learned or acquired. Contentment is really not natural for us. Just ask a child not to covet another child's gift. I mean, I have two daughters, okay? The younger one will always say, that they have, I also want. Just say, hey, Mei Mei, no lah, you don't need. She will say, oh, okay, Papa, I don't need. Do you think she will say this? No, that they have, I also want. Just ask a child, it's very simple. But the thing is this, are we a child? Hey, Pastor have, I also want. Hey, this person have, I also want. I don't think we are children in that sense. We can learn by experience how to be content in that sense. Paul learned uh, how to be content in the circumstances of his life, ups and down, ups and down. Through experience, he learned how to be contented. Uh, Opportunities given to him, he learned how to be contented. But how did he do it? He said this in verse 12. I have learned the secret. I want to bring to all of us this, uh, this, our attention this word, secret. I have learned the secret of how to do it. Uh, in Paul's writing, again, it's very unusual that he used this word. But he said, hey, Philippian Christian, I have learned the secret of how to do it. I have learned it. Whether I am having a lot in prosperity or whether I am in need, I have learned the secret of how to do it. It's a rare word because in the Greek sense, in, in the technical sense, it simply means this, that during that time, the ancient religion will always do this. They will initiate some ritual to get into the mystery of certain uh, certain uh, deity in that sense. So they will initiate some ritual in order to be into the mystery of that certain gods. And Paul is using this term secret in the exact way. He's saying this uh, metamorphically, saying this, that I am initiated into the mystery of God. I am initiated into the mystery of God. And from that mystery, I have gained understanding. I know the secret. And what is the secret? It's actually in verse 13. The secret is this, be in Christ. Because in Christ and through Christ, I will be strengthened to be contented. That's actually what the verse means in that context. I have learned contentment. I have learned to, whether in riches, in poor, whether in need or whether in abundance, I will advance God's kingdom because it is Christ that strengthened me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. That's what Paul is saying this. If we want to learn contentment, we have to be in Jesus Christ. We have to know the King. I mean, talk about kingdom perspective, talk about kingdom advancement, right? Jesus is portrayed here as the King. I have learned who my King is. I know the King. I am in the King. And I have found contentment in the person of Jesus and not in the possession that I have. So I want to really challenge us. How can we learn contentment? The verse is this uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Familiar verse. Seek ye first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all this will be given to you. Seek ye first when we have a right perspective of kingdom, of who King Jesus is, as we seek Him, He can give us the grace to be contented in the opportunities and the circumstances that we are faced with. God can give us grace to step into this mindset 
of contentment. To be able to say that, yeah, I am in need, but really my abundance is in Jesus. Yeah, I have riches, yet this riches is for the advancement. It's all about Jesus in that sense. Seek Him first. Seek God. Be in Jesus. And He will strengthen us. And we will learn contentment in that sense. But upon saying this, I just want to give you some practical uh, tips here in, in, in conclusion. Um, some suggestion that as the Lord give us grace and put us in circumstances and opportunity to show and, and to develop this mindset of contentment, these are some of the things that we can do. Just a very quick point and I, I want to end and I want to pray for all of us. Is this, in order to show contentment, in order to learn contentment, I think this is very useful. The first thing is this, focus on what God has already allowed us to have. Focus on what God has already allowed us to have. I mean, this involves counting our blessing, being thankful always to God uh, for the gifts that He has given to us. There's this person that says this, if you want to feel rich, just count all the things you have that money cannot buy. Let me repeat. If you want to feel rich, just count all the things that you have that money cannot buy. I mean, you have the air, you have the nice scene, you have all this. You know, money cannot buy you all the things, but yet God has given you that things that money cannot buy. Count your blessing. Use God's provision wisely with a grateful heart. Use them for His glory and help others in need. Uh, Jim Elliot said this fam uh, famous quote, He is no fool who gives what he can't keep to gain what he cannot lose. You know, when you die one day, you can't take your possession with you. You can't send them on ahead. You can't do that. You can't take your possession. So focus on what God has already given you, allowed you to have in the mindset, in practicing the mindset of contentment. The second thing is this, ignore what you do not have in your possession. Don't care so much on what others have. Just ignore the, what you, just ignore what you do not have. Don't entertain the thoughts of saying that, hey, I don't have this day. I don't have that day. I, I don't have that, that phone day. I, I, I don't have that, that, that uh, price. I, I don't have that car. You know, just ignore that in practicing that mindset of contentment. There's this person that tells of this uh, story uh, of this uh, poverty, uh, poverty stricken man, poor man, who he don't have a lot of money. I mean, and one day there's this unexpected uh, guest coming to his house to stay for the night. I mean, he's poor. There's a guest coming to stay with him. Then after that, he escort this guest uh, to the guest room, his humble uh, place uh, to, to stay for the night. And then he said this to the guest. He said this, if there's anything you want, I mean, remember this is very poor, nothing at all. He said this to the guest, if there's anything you want, let me know and I will come and show you how to get along without it. I mean, it's just think about it. It's amazing. There is so much we think we need, but really in actual fact, we don't need it. We can do without it. Contentment will teach us how to do without it in that sense. So the focus is not, is really this ignore what we do not have in our possession. Give thanks to God. Focus on God, what He has given to us. And the, and the third thing is really this, refuse to cover after another person's possession. Refuse to cover another person's possession. I mean, it's very important for us to do this. Don't think about others. Just look at ourselves in the Lord. Ask ourselves this, what thing do 
what really possessed me in that sense? Is it possession, things, or is it God? Is it the things that people have, their possession that possess me? Or is it God that have a hold on me? I just want to leave this thought uh, with all of us that as we conclude this series, learning to be content as kingdom citizen, that we will really practice this mindset of contentment in our life, be practical even this week, be practical throughout this year. You know that in advancing God's kingdom, we need to have this mindset of contentment. And if the Lord has so blessed you with overflowing of abundance, uh, you know, bless someone, learn to be contented and say, hey, I am already sufficient in the Lord. I can release those overflowing to others to advance His kingdom. Conclusion is this, is about the kingdom theme. Contentment is God's given ability to us to be satisfied with whatever He has given to us in any and every situation. Contentment will lead us to advance His kingdom. And brothers and sisters, really as we end the book of Philippians, I want to challenge all of us, have joy. It's good to have joy, you know. But more than joy, I want to challenge all of us to seek e first His kingdom Seek ye first the King, Jesus, His kingdom and His righteousness. And maybe for some of us, we are in need, we are in lack. I believe with the remaining verse in, uh, remaining part in chapter 6, verse 33 of Matthew, that it will promise to us that all the things that we need will be added to us. Let's just pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, even as we conclude this letter of Philippians, there's so much things that we have learned. We learn about joy. We learn about contentment. We learn about the kingdom. We learn about mindset. We learn to humble ourselves before you. There's so many things that we have learned. And I pray, Lord, that as we go through the book again, even in our own reading, that the words, the lessons, the impression will challenge us to change, to have the attitude and the characteristic of kingdom citizens of God. So that when people look at us, they will know that we are different and that in talking to us, that they will also know the King and that they will be into the kingdom of God. I want to pray especially for my brothers and sisters in this sitting that when we learn about this topic on contentment, Lord, that you will give every one of us grace to develop this mindset of contentment to advance your kingdom. I want to pray especially, Lord, for such a restedness in our spirit to come Lord, that we will learn to rest and trust in You. This very moment, I just want to take just a few more minutes. I want every eyes to be closed and every head bowed. I believe God is speaking to some of us here. Even just now as I worship the Lord, I, the Lord just dropped some words uh, into my heart. I, I want to really challenge some of you to respond to this word. Now, every eyes closed, listen to what God has to say. Some of us, we are striving. Very clear impression that comes to my heart is this, you are striving for that breakthrough. You are striving to close that deal. You are striving to go to the next level. But the word of the Lord, this afternoon is this, strive not, learn to rest in me and see that I will 
lead you to the next level. Strive not, rest in me, and see that I will lead you to the next level. Some of us here, we are striving. And I want to give you this opportunity to respond. I want to pray for you. I don't need you to come to the front, but I just want you to stand up this very moment. If you know God is speaking to you in that manner, I want to just pray a very quick uh, prayer for you. I believe God is going to do something in your situation. If that's you, you are struggling. You know you are striving by your own strength to go to the next level. Whether it's a promotion, a closing of a deal, I don't know what it is, but God is saying this, strive not, rest in me, and see that I will bring you to the next level. If that's you, can you just quickly just stand up? I want to pray. Thank you, I see. Just be very uh, bold in that sense. No need to look around. If it's you, God is wanting to minister to you. I want to pray for you. Father, I want to thank you once again for these brothers and sisters that respond. Lord, truly, today the word is a word of joy and encouragement to them, Lord, that as they learn to rest in you, Lord, that you will bring them to the next level. This very moment, I pray for a special grace to come upon their life. Lord, to be able to rest in you, Lord, that their spirit will experience rest, that they will learn to be in you, that truly, Lord, as they learn to be in you and hear from you and trust you to open doors, to bring them to the next level, that, Lord, that you will show them, that you will lead them, Lord. So, God, I bless them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Shall we all arise and I want to do a conclusion. Father, we thank you once again for all this time. Lord, I want to ask of you, the word go forth will not return to you void. Lord, challenge us, the principle, the things that we learn in Philippians, Lord, to be your kingdom citizen. So God, I just want to bless every one of us here, Lord, that you will lead us and guide us, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Philippians say, I can do all things to Christ who strengthened us. What is Christ who has strengthened us? He's focusing on what Christ has done for us. We're going to end with this song, Ever Be. And let's just focus, appreciate what Christ has done for us, and then we respond in praise.
answer to you. If today you need a prayer, particularly for those who responded just now, or any one of us today you need prayer, Pastor Jonathan and myself will be here to, to pray for you as we continue to worship God in this song again. In chorus, if you want to respond in prayer, please feel free to come forward.